Welcome to the Christian Life Church Podcast. We hope that you enjoy and are encouraged by this week's message. And if so, we would love for you to visit clcwinnipeg.ca to get further connected with our ministry, to submit a prayer request, or to find out how you can take the next step in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Christian Life Church Winnipeg. And we pray that you would be blessed through the message you're about to hear. Over the last several weeks, uh, before this whole uh, COVID-19 sort of interrupted everybody's lives, we were working through uh, some material, some really good material on uh, Faith for Exiles, uh, based on some material that Dave Kinneman uh, wrote, good research and uh, worth looking at. And so we were kind of walking through some of this material and looking at it and looking at the scriptures in light of where we're at today in this new digital age that we're living in. And it's very interesting that as we got into that uh, series on uh, really living in a digital Babylon, that all of our public gatherings ended up shutting down and we are uh, full on uh, ministering and worshiping in a digital world. Everything changed uh, almost overnight. So I want to share with you today a little bit about uh, uh, cultural discernment, and uh, we're going to be looking actually at D Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel, and the character Daniel in that book, and how he navigated some incredible changes that took place in his own life. Daniel uh, was part of the royal family in Israel. And King Nebuchadnezzar came along and laid uh, siege to Jerusalem. And Daniel was, was carried off as an exile to Babylon. He was really, uh, I think, quite an extraordinary young man. If you look at Daniel chapter 1, verse 4, it gives this descriptor of Daniel and, and describes him as handsome. So he's good looking. Uh, it describes him as uh, you know, well-educated, a quick learner, uh, without physical defect. I mean, he was, he was uh, you know, a man's man, the cream of the crop. He was, he was a sharp young man. And Nebuchadnezzar wanted him to uh, come and serve in the royal palace. Now, you obviously had to be, I guess you could say, a cut above others if you're going to be serving in the royal palace. And so Daniel was to uh, eat the choice food and wine that was available in Babylon. He was to be educated in their, in their history, in their culture, and in their customs. And he was to learn all the ways of Babylon. Now the, the fact of the matter was that no matter how much he got immersed in the culture of Babylon, he was still from Jerusalem and you could never escape the fact that he was still in exile, even though he was given the best of the best in Babylon and given every opportunity, probably the best opportunities that anybody could ever want or wish for in a strange city. Now, Babylon was quite the place. Uh, it was about the size of modern-day Chicago, about, I understand, about 200 square miles, and, and was a leader in, in virtually everything. Um, culture, knowledge, all of that. It was, it was uh, a happening city to, to be in for sure. 
And so we look at all of this and as we look at cultural discernment and we look at uh, what Daniel was going through, it would have been really easy for him as an Israelite to become really swallowed up by Babylon, to let Babylon kind of get in him. And there's a passage of scripture in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. And it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And so there's this, this scriptural teaching for us that, that says, you know, you're in the world, but don't, don't be loving the world. Don't, don't let the world get in you, even though you have to be in, in the world. And it, it, it reminds me of a little story of some, some young boys that were out in a creek and they were playing with a, an old dinghy and the dinghy uh, had a, a hole in it, a pinhole. And they'd be paddling along and um, some water would trickle into the dinghy and they could easily get, get rid of it. But as, as they continued to play, it sprang more and more holes because it was an old rotten dinghy. And as they, as they were paddling, they were finding that they were getting more and more of the creek into the dinghy than the dinghy being just in the creek. And that is very much like what it's like for us as, as people, as we navigate in this world, as we choose to follow God, that we're in this world and we're in this world with everybody else. But the challenge is for us to not let the world get into us. And that was a challenge that Daniel certainly had as he was learning the ways and the customs of Babylon, that he wouldn't be consumed by it all. He might have to gain the knowledge and the understanding and function in that world, but, but not be con completely consumed by it. And so there's a few things I want to uh, talk about today in how do, we, how do we navigate in this world? How do we navigate in this time that we're living in? Because there are some certainly some similarities. Daniel found himself leaving his home country and being in exile in a strange city. And in the last few weeks, almost it seemed, it was almost like somebody flipped the switch and all of a sudden everybody feels like an exile. We are functioning in a completely different culture, in a different society, and yet nobody's moved away. We're all in the same place, but it feels like a completely different world that we're in. And so how do we navigate that well, I'm going to give, give us three things that, that we could consider doing in order to navigate successfully in this strange new world that we find ourselves in. The first thing that, that I think is, is uh, doable for us is simply to seize the day. I believe it was uh, Horace. He was a Roman poet who, who uh, made that, that statement, carp diem. Uh, seize the day and what it means is is enjoy today you know make the best of today do do the best you can with today and I remember hearing a saying when I was uh, a young a young man that really stuck with me that when we come into obstacles we can either use them as 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 stumbling blocks or as stepping stones and and what that simply means is, is you can take the experiences and the difficulties and the challenges of the day and use them as stepping stones to further personal growth, further spiritual growth, 
and uh, maybe maturity. But we can use the obstacles of today as stepping stones. Now Daniel had been a free man and almost instantaneously he found himself as an exile. And we find ourselves in a very similar situation. Not that we were taken captive by King Nebuchadnezzar, but we were taken captive, it seems, by a little virus, by something you can't see with the naked eye. We have been taken captive. And, and so as a result of that, we've lost a lot of our freedoms that we personally enjoyed before. We line up now to get into stores, into grocery stores, and, and there's rules that are in place, and, and social distancing is in place, and businesses have closed down, and we can't gather in church. And, and these were all freedoms that we all knew and took, took for granted, never imagining that in a moment, uh, without war, without a hostile takeover of our country, that all of a sudden everything could be changed and we would be cooped up in our homes. We never thought that could happen, but it has happened. And a similar thing happened to Daniel where he found himself as an exile in a strange country. Now there are some, I think there's some bright sides to all of this. And I think it's easy to, to get swallowed up in the negative and, and the bad and, and the problems, but, but here are a couple of bright sides. I think a lot of people have rediscovered the value of family and family time. Uh, it's given people an opportunity to stop and to rest. And it gives us time, people have time now to, to reflect. Now, unless you are a frontline worker in essential service, and we, we certainly take our hats off to you, many of your lives have, have become busier than ever. And you're dealing with the stress of this situation and working in uh, a, almost a dangerous environment for some of you, uh, we commend you and we thank you for, for the sacrifices that you're making. But for so many people, their world has come to a stop. It's also interesting that a lot of the division and anger and, and political differences that, that just seem to be all over the media before, you wonder what happened to all the fighting? What happened to all the arguing and the bickering? It seems like that's kind of gotten quiet too. I'm hearing stories about, about uh, pollution uh, actually becoming less in certain areas because people are in their homes, they're not driving around, they're, they're not moving about as they used to. So there are some positive things that have come out of this. And in that, I think that there's, there's uh, a day to be seized. I think that there are, there are good things to be derived from even a tough situation like we find ourselves in. We recognize that God is at work and that God is always at work. And even though we may struggle, we rest in the fact that God is at work and he hears our prayers and he's attentive to us and we can talk to him in the midst of, of whatever it is we're going through on a daily basis. Now, God was at work in, in Daniel's situation too. And, and I want to tell you a story about something that happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. One night he had a dream. And he was really troubled by this dream. And so he went to his normal sources 
for an interpretation of the dream. His his sorcerers, his his uh, astrologers, his seers, you know, his advisors, whoever they were, he went to them. He said, I want the interpretation of the dream. But he raised the stakes a little bit. He says, I don't want you just to tell me the interpretation of the dream. I want you to tell me what the dream was. Well, the response to that is nobody can do that. We don't know what you dreamed. Tell us what the dream was and, and we'll tell you the interpretation. He says, no, no. I want to know that you're telling me the truth and I want to know what the dream was. And then you tell me the interpretation. And then he raised the stakes and said, and if, if you can't do it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you. I'm going to put you to death. Because I really want to know what's going on with this, with this dream I had. Well, nobody could, nobody could uh, meet the challenge. Nobody could do it. So Daniel heard about this situation and he leaned into the situation. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 16, it says, At this, Daniel went to the king and asked for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Daniel heard about the situation, and rather than backing away, he leaned into it. And I think that was a bold step on his part. We can lean into any challenge that comes our way. And the reason we can lean into any challenge that comes our way is because God is faithful. And we can lean into the challenge of today because God is faithful. And we don't have to run away. And we don't have to hide. And we don't have to live and walk in fear. We can lean into the challenge and, and not lean on, on that which is natural, but understand that our God is supernatural and he can do anything and he knows all things. That brings me to my second point here. And that is that we can walk in wisdom. We can walk in wisdom. Wisdom is having sound judgment. It's, it's the ability to be able to know what to do in a certain situation. Now, we may be gaining all kinds of experience and knowledge each day. But wisdom is something quite different. And wisdom ultimately, I think, comes from God. And when you look at what the Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, then you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Now, this is a scripture that has given me an awful lot of confidence over the years because there have been numerous times when I've prayed that prayer, Lord God, I need wisdom and I need wisdom fast because I don't know what to do in this particular situation. And when you pause and break down that verse in James chapter 1, verse 5, and you start to break it down, it, look at what it says here. If anyone lacks wisdom, that means it's all inclusive. You don't have to be anything special or anyone special. If anyone lacks wisdom, it goes on to say, we ask God. God is our source of wisdom. It goes on to say how much God gives wisdom, and it says generously. There's great generosity with God when he gives wisdom. Not just little bits of it, 
but he's generous with giving wisdom. And then we also find that God is, is giving wisdom without any sense of prejudice. It says he won't find fault. He's not looking for your imperfections. He's not looking at your past failures. He's not necessarily looking at your track record. He's, he is giving it without prejudice, without finding fault. And so that means that all of us can, can very confidently come to God in times when we need wisdom to know what to do in a given situation and have the confidence that he'll listen to that prayer and he'll give you wisdom and you'll be able to make decisions that may be beyond the scope of what you'd normally be able to do. And so when we look at, at Daniel chapter chapter 2 verse 1 we see that there is this cooperation between uh, God and Daniel and 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 we find Nebuchadnezzar it says in the second year of of his reign Nebuchadnezzar had dreams his mind was troubled and he could not sleep and that is exactly where a lot of people are today they are seeing and hearing things and it is troubling to their minds. You know, some may be laying, at, at, laying awake at night and, and, and tossing and turning and, and, and ruminating and worrying about their situation. And that was where Nebuchadnezzar found himself. He was so troubled in his thoughts that, that he couldn't sleep at night. He was worried. And then we... We, we go down to Daniel chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. And a very interesting passage of scripture there. I want to read it to you. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And then Daniel praised the God of heaven and said, Praise be to the name of God forever and forever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons and he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And he reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. And so God revealed this dream to Daniel. He revealed the meaning of the dream to Daniel. And Daniel was very quick to acknowledge who God was. He said, wisdom is his. Power is his. Political powers and authorities and rulers and kings are under the rule of God. He went on to say that he changes the times and the seasons. And he gives wisdom. And he reveals what is hidden. And I'm thankful that when we walk with God, we don't have to walk in darkness, groping around, not knowing where we are at. But we can walk in the light of God and walk with wisdom and understanding of our times. And we can ask God for wisdom. We must ask God for wisdom. We need God's wisdom today more than we've ever needed it. We have choices to make. We have decisions to make. We need wisdom. And when we walk in wisdom, we can experience a greater measure of peace and rest in our souls when we have the wisdom of God. Now, there's a third uh, way that we can navigate the times we're in. 
we can exceed expectations. And when I, when I talk about that, I think of Daniel chapter 2, verse 28 and following. And it says, But there is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. And he has shown King Nebuchadnezzar what will happen in days to come. Your dreams and the visions that pass through your mind as you laid on your bed are these. As you were lying there, O king, your mind turned to things to come, and the revealer of mysteries showed you what is going to happen. And as for me, this mystery has been revealed to me, not because I have greater wisdom than other living men, but so that you, O king, may know the interpretation and that you may understand what went through your mind. With God's help, Daniel was able to tell the king what his dream was and interpret it. His source of knowledge and his source of understanding was from God and from God alone. He was able to reach higher than his peers. He was able to know what they did not know. And he was able to give an understanding where nobody else understood. And I think this is relevant to us today. Because we need to have the capacity as a virus spreads around the world. And as we grapple with it on a day-to-day basis, we need to have the capacity and the ability to filter out the noise and all the voices and all of the speculation and all of the predictions. We need to have the capacity and the ability to filter out the noise and the guesswork and truly hear from God. We also need to have the capacity and the ability to not lay on our beds at night like Nebuchadnezzar did, worrying and tossing and turning, but to be at peace. And one of the ways that we can be at peace is actually uh, something that Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 to 34. And Jesus is teaching about worry. He's teaching about being at peace. And listen to what he says. Do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And I think that when we are really trusting in God, there is a peace and a calm. That we're not worrying about our basic needs. But there is a calm. There's a peace that abides deep within. For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And so there are some wise words that Christ spoke to us. He's saying, who of you can add a single hour to their life by worrying? Who can do it? Nobody can. And the reality is that that many people today have built foundations in their lives and they're seeing those foundations crumble. 
economic foundations, career foundations, financial foundations, foundations of recreation. All these foundations that we have built our lives upon, we find them literally crumbling like no other time in our lifetime. We see foundations crumbling. And it is enough to, to give anybody some pause and something to worry about. But Jesus had something to say about that too. And I want to read what he said. As you look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who has built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. I think a lot of us are coming to a very quick realization that a lot of the foundations that we've built upon have really been foundations of sand. And this is a time of real searching for a lot of people. As we sit in our homes and, and reflect, as we see things that we've worked for our whole lives literally melt away and, and run through our fingers like sand, we begin to ask the question, well, what's left? And, and where do I go from here? What are the foundations of my life? And I think those are important questions for us to be asking these days. Daniel went to God. He went to God when the foundations of his life crumbled. When he was taken out of his home. When his life was at risk and, and the stakes were high and he needed to, to find not only an interpretation to a dream, but the actual dream. When he was up against impossible odds, he went to God. And I think that is a challenge that we all have today, that we as exiles can have faith. We're exiles in this world. It's a strange new place, but we can have faith. And we can build our lives on a solid rock, on a solid foundation. And if you look at your life and you see that the foundations of your life have, have been crumbling, and you're wondering when the crumbling is going to stop. Let me tell you this. That if you put your life in God's hands. If you put your trust in him. If you put your faith in him. That is the most firm foundation that you can ever have. And he'll look after you. He'll look after you. And so I, I just want to close with a couple of pertinent challenges. There are many people... Many people today who have lived their lives with, with themselves on the throne of their heart. 
Their motto may have been, I am the master of my own destiny. I make the rules. I live by my rules. I live by my truth. I live by my choices. And, and in those cases, what we find is we have put ourselves at the center of our own little universe. And maybe we put ourselves on the throne of our own heart. Where I'm the king and I'm the master. And we're discovering really quickly that that, that has not been a firm foundation for us. But we find ourselves instead standing in the sand. And so you say, well, what, what is a firm foundation? A firm foundation for every man, woman, and child on the face of this earth is Jesus Christ. You see, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins and to give us a spiritual foundation that is firm and solid. And he's given us his word, the scriptures, to build our lives upon and to stand upon because it's truth. And we can, we can have that relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, that gives us the confidence that we need, that gives us the foundation that we need, that gives us the assurance that we need to carry on and to keep moving forward and to not be living in fear, to not be living with a unnecessary anxiety and worry and panic. And we can pray a simple prayer like, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. And I give my life to you and I receive you as my savior. That's a great place to start. That opens us up to a whole new relationship. And it helps us build on a firm foundation for now and for eternity. And if you're already a follower of Jesus Christ, maybe you've been discovering him in a fresh new way. And, and maybe... Maybe you've been a habitual church goer. But maybe you're looking at your life and saying, I need to do more than just go to church. I can't now anyway. I need to really press in and, and build a firm foundation, a firm relationship with God. And I think that something good can come out of all this, that we can never be the same again. And we can walk with God and know God. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. And we thank you that like Daniel, we can have wisdom and we can have confidence and we can know what to do no matter what happens because you speak to us and you reveal truth to us and you're there for us. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that as Jesus taught us, that we would not worry, but we would take one day at a time and also, as Jesus taught us, that we would build our lives on the foundation, on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you for joining us. And if you've made a, a decision to, uh, to be a follower of Jesus, there's a, a, a link you can click. I encourage you to do that. Just say, I accepted Jesus. We'd love to hear your story. And we hope you come back and and, and join with us next Sunday, God willing, at 11 o'clock Central Standard Time. Thanks for being with us today. God bless you.